Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
Hello, you're tuned into 199 Radio and now listening to my favourite labels with me, Gareth Main. This is the show where every other week I bring along someone from, I want to say something other than my favourite labels, but it's really impossible given that's the name of the show. Uh, this week I'm joined with, by Chloe from Alien Jams, a wonderful uh, techno label in London. Hey. Oh. Uh, yay, <laughs> it's uh yeah amazing to have you here one i was putting it on instagram this morning plugging the show and i think i described you as uh one of the best re- techno labels around certainly in london i would say oh, wow thank it's, you um, uh, wonderful it's like yeah. uh, i love it whenever i like open a show with a massive compliment but you know because the, the yeah, person and then, you have to, then I have to live up to it so well the, the person yeah. that opposite just like has a big 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 smile at me every single time <laughs> and there's like I don't know how to respond to that maybe everyone's <laughs> so like modest and nice um how are you feeling being on the other side of the microphone for this one yeah it feels a bit different yeah but um but yeah I'm excited to talk about some of the releases so yeah it's good to be here thanks for having me because um you because you have a show on NTS radio and excellent show on mts yeah, radio i've been doing it for a while for about um six years now so which is amazing because i you know it's just gone by so quickly so um and, yeah and why did you um why did you start doing that like how did you start how did that come about um i did so i did radio when i was in the states as well so um when i moved to london i really wanted to get back into it and um i saw i actually saw a poster in cafe Odo. it was um like nts just starting up and it yeah. said we're looking for djs does anyone want to join us and um so me and my friend uh, vicky at the time we we ended up emailing um nts just with our idea for the show um, it wasn't Alien Jams. It was another show that we did to start out with. Um, but that was the first six months. And then she had to leave. So then we did. Um, then I started Alien Jams. So. That, so it came out of the radio show itself. Yeah. Well, so I always did the show and then the label started much later. So yeah, it's always um, it's quite interesting doing this show. So this is the seventh of these I've done now. And the amount of times when people like turn to me and just go oh yeah we were really drunk one time and then thought starting a record label was a good idea yeah is usually it so how was it for you um it was it was kind of a natural progression because I did the radio show and like from the start I didn't really expect to do anything else from the show I just just wanted to go in I was doing it weekly at that time and um and then um, I remember Femi asking me, who runs NTS, mm-hmm. he was asking me, um, would you ever consider doing events or anything else? And I was like, no, no, I wouldn't do that. Like, no, just the, just the show is good. And um, yeah, and then my friend Richard, who does Kit Records, which was before me, um, he started a label. And um, if I think he could that do was, it, anyone can. Yeah, yeah. I kind of, just because I saw him do it, I thought, oh, this is like kind of interesting. Maybe... Um, and, and also the fact that you meet so many people doing the show and then it just inspires you to want to put people's stuff out. So, yeah. yeah. But, well, that was um, my thinking behind this show was so that I could get people in who were already doing that so that it wouldn't inspire me to do it myself. I could uh, I could heed their warnings. Yeah, live usually. vicariously through <laughs> everyone. <laughs> That's it. But, you know, that was, what, four years ago that Alien Jam started first release? Um, yeah, so that was 2014 was the label started. And then, um, so 2011 was um, NTS. So, um, so yeah, so it's been, I guess I've done seven releases or going to do seven releases soon um, on Alien Gems. And when, um, so how, so you were doing the show, you th- 
the person before you was doing a record label and you thought it looks easy enough um how did the first release come about um so i it was om which which is the first release and um so it's this guy edmunds davies who's actually a friend now um and um at the time he did a release on exotic pylon which i just thought was amazing mm. and um i thought oh i have to get in touch with him and see um and and yeah i i kind of just um i guess i just said let's do something and then just i kind of got him to send over some tracks and we just went through loads and loads of tracks and came up with this release um the first release so okay shall we give it a listen yeah let's give it a listen
love a really um, accessible first yeah. release, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I just, it's funny with this one, I really just went all out with the first one. I did a full LP, full artwork and everything, which is, um, which is great. Like it's, but I think at the time it was a little bit ambitious, um, <laughs> but I'm glad I did it. But it's, um, it's interesting looking back to think of what you might have done. So what prompted the great ambition did you have in your head like this is what a record should look like and here's what I would want to put out so yeah I just out. yeah I think so I think um I think it's just experience as you go along you just maybe get experience and then um maybe it is some there is something nice about that innocence in a way like not knowing exactly how it's gonna you know if it's gonna sell or if it's gonna like what's gonna happen if you invest loads of money into yeah. something that's I mean yeah yeah it's just experience isn't it well i, th- I think so but there's uh, i mean that naivety i think was the word that you used doesn't say is i think that naivety is amazing right because then you you obviously buy and collect records and know what you like and then you think okay so i'm going to run this record label i've got this piece of music from this artist that i really admire they've released stuff before i'm going to just put it out in the format that I would want to buy it in and I think yeah, that's yeah totally and I think actually when you do take those risks it does pay off sometimes because yeah. it is um it is kind of rare that the um, record labels do take well you know there are some great lab- labels that do take risks but it is um you know when you invest a lot of money it's you kind of want to know that it's going to do okay but and how how did it work out for you that first one yeah like um it was it was great I mean I still have a lot of copies but like got a um, wardrobe full of them yeah but no I mean I did sell a fair few of them as well so um and it was really great working with Om for this one um he's a super interesting character who I got to know more after the release um and he does he actually um is a really talented poet and um he's writing a novel at the moment he's just finished a novel so um yeah his writing is really good you go put that out no, no, he, has, a, he already has, has his publisher already set. So, yeah, I don't think we'll expand yet. Yeah, I mean, you say like you went all out for the first one, but the records that you release now still have an aesthetic, right? They're not like cheaply produced. They're not like. Yeah, you know. I think um, I think there is. Um, I guess some labels, if you're going to do maybe like a dance twelve, then maybe you won't have the full sleeve artwork, and um, that's something that I that I have thought about and there are a couple of releases that I've done that haven't been full sleeve artwork Mm. um but um I think even though it kind of is a lot of like a bit more money to put into it and you don't really like financially it's not doesn't really make sense it's kind of nice just to keep the that's like the fun part is the artwork I think yeah well you're not in it for the money right no uh... it's not like a business business but yeah and is that is that why because one thing about alien jams is your records your releases are quite few and far between really is that raising money for the next one or does each one pay for itself almost um it just depends like I've had ones that have um sold out so that's been really great but then I've had some that I've lost money on so and I guess it's it's, I guess it's kind of obvious that um, record labels aren't really like if you want to make money, they're not like the thing to do necessarily. But yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I think um, the reason why I do it every probably six months or so is um, a combination of factors is um, financially sometimes it's, you know, because I kind of fund them myself and it depends if I can use the money from the previous record or um 
Um, but also it's uh, finding things that I really like as well. Yeah. So I think it's a combination of those factors. And what's quite interesting, I mean, we could talk about techno and experimental electronic music probably all night. And a lot of the sort of new innovative music coming out in those sorts of genres tends to be cassette and digital and not on vinyl anymore. But you still only put stuff out on vinyl, I'm pretty certain. Have you not yeah. thought of doing more with cassette or digital only or any of that sort of stuff or um yeah I've definitely thought about it but um but yeah I think because I've done vinyl this far along I I really like it and it's nice to kind of just have it and it's nice to mm. feel like you've created something that's physical I don't know I mean um but I don't I totally every I mean and cassettes are obviously physical as well I yeah. think every um uh like every lab label does whatever they do for for their own reasons and um yeah i think it's just preference really yeah it's your own aesthetic as well right you know yeah i have nothing against like anything else like i really like digital and cassettes you'd like everything to look correct alongside each other in your collection right yeah i think so <laughs> yeah something about that um so in terms of uh, what we've got on the turntable what have we got lined up um, so I, I thought I would put something on that wasn't from Alien Gems. I thought I would put something on from Edgar Froze, and this is off of his Aqua release, um, which is really nice. It's something that I've played on the, um, the radio show a few times, and uh, yeah, really like this one, so enjoy.
was just saying to you um, off mic that that sounds more alien than most of the Alien Jams releases that you put yeah, out. Yeah, I know. Something to aspire to. Um, but yeah, no, I was saying <laughs> that, that, that. That's the goal. <laughs> that's, what you're looking, that's what you're looking for one yeah. day. No, I guess that's more maybe something that I would play on the radio show more. Um, but, um, but yeah, some of my releases are more dancey, I think, on yeah. the label. Yeah, that's certainly um, certainly not the on one, but you. No, yeah. You saying uh, so? You're saying that you were DJing more out and more like in clubs and stuff like that. And mm. was that after the label had started? Yeah, yeah. Everything just kind of like I, I didn't really do any of that before doing the radio show. So, um, and that was probably around the same time as the label started. I'd started DJing um, maybe a bit before, and um, me and my friend Debbie, also known as Debonair. Um, we we do we've been do, putting on nights for I guess about four years now. So um, yeah. And does that that must have changed the idea of like what you're putting out on the label as well? It's so, so I mean, uh, correct me if I'm putting words in your mouth. But when you started the label, it kind of sounded like you found artists that you really liked and then messaged them saying, "Can we? Can I put out some of your music? Or are you doing any more music?" Has that then changed like since? the first release and since you're doing more shows that you've thought more sort of narrowed your focus on the records that you're putting out um yeah I think so but I also um I do like to have some um non-dancey ones as well so I think it's a mixture um but definitely I have I guess as I've been DJing more I do when I go buy records I kind of think oh this would be amazing to play so there is that kind of subconscious sometimes um thought and um yeah I guess um yeah, I guess it just depends on the release. Yeah, and that sort of uh, synth music, like the one we just listened to, is more in vogue at the moment as well. It's that science fiction-y, Stranger Things sort of a uh, soundtrack, that 80s aesthetic that's quite popular at the moment. Yeah, and I think um, I think also like a lot of German music has really inspired me. Like throughout the shows, um, I played a lot of like like just cosmic and really interesting german tracks from um the like the 70s that have been really yeah like yeah that have inspired me so yeah i love the digging out of that sort of german uh, library music like people like bruno spreri and people oh, like yeah, that he's amazing. yeah yeah i had um had uh, doug shipton from finders keepers on a show a few well a few like show three i think and he was playing quite a lot of bruno and correcting yeah. me on my appalling pronunciation but uh no yeah. that must have been really interesting i'll have to listen yeah to you that have one. to listen back well <laughs> yeah. uh, soundcloud.com uh, forward slash my favorite labels G- yeah. got, got a plug in there way early way <laughs> yeah, early yeah. for the show for myself that's so uh that's, <laughs> yeah that's uh great but um so i mean I was DJing a few weeks ago at Cafe Otto, um, the Shit and Shine show that was there, and playing your latest release, which was the Wilted Woman one, yeah. which went down phenomenally well. Which was yeah, you know. it's nice to hear. Um, yeah, so that's coming out um, next week. So that's my little plug. That's it. <laughs> the so. record's coming out next week. Um, but yeah, like I brought the um, I had the test pressing, and I've just found out that the record is arriving. Has arrived. Um, today and so tomorrow it's going to arrive with me which is really exciting because I was like slightly worried it could be delayed but yeah. I wasn't going to say anything yet but it's, <laughs> it's all good now so and how is that how how do you feel when you have the boxes and then you get and you sort of rip off the tape off the boxes and unveil <laughs> the yeah. records of that is that the best moment or? yeah it's amazing yeah it's like the best feeling when you finally get it well hopefully it's all you know 
all looks how you want it to. <laughs> yeah, you see that typo yeah. immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, you've spelt wilted woman Whoops. wrong. Yes, <laughs> don't say that. Touch wood. Oh, uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, they. Um, I used to I used to publish magazines, and that was always the best moment. Was you'd have boxes and boxes of these magazines that would arrive through the door. You'd rip off the tape, open it up, and because I used recycled paper, the the smell of would just fill the room, and it was like. It makes all the hard work worth it. Yeah. All the expense, all the all the small little uh, things, you know, putting it in a full colour sleeve and, you know, p- pressing it to vinyl in the first place makes all those decisions worth it. Yeah, exactly. So, so tomorrow we can look forward to that. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll play a track. Um, oh, yeah, do I actually... Yeah, I've put it on good. Yes. Um, and it's um, this one is called Heating Problem and it's the first track on the EP. Cool.
amazing. I love it. Mm-hmm. Really love it. I could listen to it over and over again, I think. Yeah, like, it's funny because a lot of the tracks are quite different on the release. Like, okay. and, and um, yeah, I, I'm really excited about it. Like, I'm really looking forward to putting it out. And um, Lizzie, Wilted Woman, um, I actually met her when I was, um, I played a gig in London earlier this year. And um, I'll have to thank George for um, from Purely Physical. He runs a great label, um, Purely Physical. And uh, he put us both on. Um, and I'd known about what she did before, but it was great to meet her. And that was like a nice kind of personal, um, like, you know, that we got to meet and, and do the, the release. So that was cool. And was that how you then met and then the release came about or did you already chatted and you just happened to be on the same bill? Um, you know, I, I asked her about the release after. So, um, yeah, so that was, it was nice to meet her. And then we kind of talked about the release. Uh, so I didn't know anything about Wilted Woman at all, and she's not someone who has a huge online presence. And you know, as a modern journalist, the only research I can do is Facebook and SoundCloud and Bandcamp, right? So, yeah. it's uh, how did you come across her in the first place? Um, she did a really great release on She Rocks. Um, I think that was earlier this year, actually. And um, yeah, um, she plays a lot in Berlin. She's based in Berlin, and she does a Berlin community radio show, I think. I, I believe she still does that. Um, so, yeah, I think she just plays out a lot, and, um, yeah, I really like her stuff. So, yeah, it's, uh, and when is it out? Is it next week, did you yeah, say? Yeah, so it's next week, and we're having um, a launch party at the waiting room um, on the 11th, so that will be fun as well. Ex- She's coming over from Berlin. Excellent. So, and alienjams.bandcamp.com is the place to pre-order it yes that's right yeah exactly (laughs) awesome and one of the things that uh struck me uh, you know when i listen to your shows and then listen to the music that you put out as well is that the two very fairly quite a lot it's you know the music that you put out doesn't necessarily reflect the music that you have on the show and the show uh, you know as we're talking about a second ago the show and the music that you play sort of goes away from the mechanic you know you say techno to people and they think this sort of mechanical rhythm and it sort of goes beyond that somewhat i'd like to think you know you have more sort of found sounds and library music and stuff like that yeah that's true um i think it it just depends on the show because um i guess because i've been doing it for a little while um maybe the stuff that i played at the beginning is slightly different from the stuff i play now um which which I guess is a good thing that it's evolved, hopefully. But um, and, and even now, each show can be very different mm. as well. So I'll have one show and it will be kind of like techno and then the next show will be really experimental, like early electronic stuff. So um, I guess I just do that to keep it interesting for myself, maybe. Yeah. But um, I, I, yeah, I just I find it difficult to stick within one genre. So it kind of varies quite a lot. And um, yeah, so that's how... And how, uh, how much is the label a reflection on your personal taste then in terms of, not that you like everything, because obviously you love everything that you put out, yeah. otherwise you wouldn't bother. <laughs> I hate everything. It, oh, it's, just... <laughs> it's, it's all economics. It's just about yeah. making money. That's all it is. Uh, but no, like how much of it is like your like the wilted woman record that we just listened to and we listened to Arm earlier and the two are incredibly different. How much are the releases sort of milestones in your evolving taste over the years? Yeah, I think that that is an interesting point. I think they are. And um, I think every release I've done, it would fit within the Alien Jams radio show as well in its own way. Um, And my my taste has changed. But then I always find that there is a thread that that's kind of consistent throughout throughout the years. So sometimes I'll look back 
um, not very often, but occasionally I'll look back and see what I've maybe played in early days, Alien Gems, which is yeah. like kind of cringy sometimes, but um, <laughs> to, to think back to the early shows. But um, but then I'll think, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense because I still am into that, and that's kind of nice sometimes. Yeah, you're still the same person, even if your taste has evolved slightly. So you appreciate yeah. what you were doing in the past, right? Yeah, it's yeah. quite interesting when you like speak to people who run labels over the years. They're like, and certainly eclectic record labels as well. It's like, oh yeah, they've all got a common thread running through them, so they're all sort of sound the same. I just sit here like thinking, that's that's you. You're the common thread. That's like it. It's your personal interaction with each release. Yeah. Like from a listener's and point I think, of view, they don't. I think like some producers. I think I've um, I've spoken to a few people lately who've who've talked to talked about their releases as being um more of a diary so it's um it's not necessarily uh, it it's kind of just reminds them of a certain time and it's kind of checking in at that time i guess but um so maybe that's similar um, I've got a record uh, lined up here which is a bit of a, a bit of a about turn it's a it's one that I, I, I was inspired to bring because I was listening to one of your fairly recent shows the other day that was that had something in there that sounded fairly like gamelan or sort of like that sort of uh, East a- Southeast Asian sort of music. And I got this release that came through Akaphon, came out last week, I think, um, which has a title which I'm going to have to turn away and look and see how it is. It, but it's called The Gamelan of the Walking Warriors, uh, Gamelan Belegajur, and the music of the Ngeban Funerary Rituals of Bali. I think I did oh. a, not a bad job there. And what this is, it's a field recordings record of funeral processions and funeral ceremonies in Bali, which are... It's quite banging. So wow, that sounds amazing. Well, but I wouldn't expect it to be kind of. We'll see how it sounds. But <laughs> yeah, I expect it to be good. But well, no. we'll, we'll wait and see, right? <laughs> I would expect it to be amazing. Okay. So. <laughs> uh, this track's called Semut Megarang. Thank you. 
set. How how was that? That was really great. It was it lived up to the expectations. Did it, I built yeah. it, built it up with my yeah. appalling pronunciation or mispronunciation of stuff. Um, but yeah, that's uh, the Gamelan of the Walking Warriors a track called Semut Megarang, and I'm not even going to dare to say the album title again. That was a complete <laughs> mess. Um, it's released through Acaphon though, which is a French record label that I'd never heard of before that one but yeah it's a fantastic record it's like yeah, yeah crazy that's a gem yeah it is yeah. i just love i mean we're talking a bit off mic about um field recordings and stuff like that and those found sounds and they find they just seem to find their way into a lot of electronic that's obviously an analog recording but it finds its way into a lot of electronic music now which i think is what keeps it interesting for me personally yeah yeah it adds like very interesting textures i think and yeah. Is that, and what is it? What is it about? So, I mean, your show is, and label are both like really experimental in terms of what they like, uh, what they what they show. Um, what is it about it? Like, how did you get into it in the first place? Or like, um, I guess so. Um, yeah, I'm not sure actually. I think um, <laughs> I think I think um, as far as as far as radio goes, like what was a really important time for me was when I lived in the states. And um, I did a radio show on the um, the college radio station, which was KUGS FM. And um, shout out, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, it's something that I didn't think that I would get involved in, but a lot of my friends were doing it. Mm. And um, my one of my best friends, she she was doing her show, and she kind of, I think she convinced me to to try it out. And um, it was this whole process where you had to kind of. You did this, um, you had to be a newsreader to start out with, and then you had to progress, and they were really serious about it, which is yeah. which is great. Um, but it was it was kind of intense looking back. But, um, but yeah, you had to do all these kind of steps to, to get on the radio. Um, That's so crazy. Like, so, so to get on the radio first, you had to be a newsreader before you could eventually progress to being a presenter. Yeah, yeah. And when you were doing a show in, it was Seattle, right? Uh, yeah, it was north of Seattle in a town called Bellingham. Okay, so yeah, I, where I live in London, right? Bellingham down in uh, southeast London, bizarrely. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I know. Who knew there was uh, a <laughs> this weird conversation You know what? I think I've seen a bus that said Bellingham on it, and yeah, that makes total sense now. That's okay. possible uh, the Catford yeah. bus garage, shout okay. out. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, completely uh, lost now. But um, yeah, so were you into like experimental electronic music then? Um, yeah, so I, I got into it then. Um, so I, because they had, they actually had a, a music library there. So as I was starting to do my show, I was ex- like exploring the library that they had at the studio, which was, um, they had a whole vinyl section, which was amazing. And nobody really, at that time, nobody really like was interested in vinyl. Well, yeah. they were interested in vinyl, but not as many people at the radio station, I guess. And um, I think this was probably like early 2000s, maybe. Yeah, so what, about uh, 15 years ago, sort of? Yeah, yeah, so, um, or maybe, like, mid-2000s, can't really remember, but, um, but yeah, so, um, so that was a really good education, because I, I just explored lots of different music that was at the station, um, and just spend hours going through everything, um, and then, I did kind of like this post-punk electronic show out there, which is, I played a lot of British music, which was, um, which is kind of funny now living here. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I just remember cause my family's British and I, I was born in London 
And um, I remember when I came back here, I was so interested in like what was happening in England and just trying to figure out like what's going on and trying to bring those tracks over to my show in, in the States. And um, so, yeah, that kind of got me into exploring different sounds. And uh, when I started doing NTS, I focused on electronic music just to make it a little bit more narrow. So not to have it like super broad. And um, when I when I did that, I just kind of like tried to listen to as much like I don't know just as much um stuff that I could and and um especially early, early electronic stuff just to kind of get us get a sense of the history so yeah. cool and so what um what encouraged you or inspired you to come over to the UK was it your parents or was it just something you wanted to do or um yeah I mean I I think the one of the main reasons was that I went to visit my cousin for a while and um and I had some time just to explore the city by myself and um, I found myself in Brick Lane and it was like a Sunday and it was, it was probably 10 years ago or something. Mm. And um, it was, I guess it's changed quite a bit, but it, it was like, I just remember that feeling of like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, you know, just like so many people. And I don't know, I just, I, there was like a really good energy and that's when I wanted to move just by experiencing that, I think. Yeah, it's a weird, well, I mean, Seattle obviously has like an amazing sort of music culture and history and heritage anyway as well. But, you know, London is a special place, I yeah. guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Seattle and I think um, when I lived in Bellingham, when I finished university, everyone kind of moved down to Seattle, which mm. is like still a really great place to visit because there's so much going on there. And um, But I think because everyone was moving down to Seattle I felt like I wanted a bit of a change so I, I thought I would try out London so. yeah and if you can live here you know with residency yeah. presumably then it's uh yeah even easier right yeah exactly yeah and we've got the best electronic music mm. too which you know yeah, it's yeah. fine um so after OM you then released Designer Wave right yeah yep so I have a Designer Wave track lined up um oh. now all right shall we play that and then chat about it after yeah that sounds good yeah cool
the incredibly accessible track yeah. from Alien Gems, right? Yeah. So Designer Wave, the track's called? Uh, track One. It's called Track... Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yes. Love that. So it's an yeah. easy way for you to remember the track number. Yeah. Track I, was, I was drawing a blank, but that's, yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah, it's not I just know, like, it was almost like, oh no, I can't remember, but... It's phenomenal. So that, yeah. that show I had with Doug from Finders Keepers Records, uh, he couldn't remember the track list, uh, track names of any of the records, but he wow. knew the catalogue numbers like, you know... Yeah, like uh, an encyclopedia. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. The, that, that's <laughs> the analogy I wanted to use. Um, yeah, because of all the admin that goes into running a record label. Um, but you were saying as well that that's the A side that's quite... Um, you know, glitchy, glitchy and odd and brilliant. And then the second, and then the reward yeah. for people who get to the second it's side. It's a bit more accessible, the second side. And um, yeah, this one, it did get, um, yeah, it got some love this side. Um, yeah, it's really cool, right. this track. So enjoy. Uh, which number is this? Uh, it's, well, three, <laughs> number three. So, yeah. All right.
amazing like proper banging yeah yeah it's quite different from the a side yeah and that was the second release that you put out so that was yeah incredibly different to om as well yeah very different so yeah so when um was that the jump from putting out a, a record that you just really loved to putting out one that would work on the dance floor Yes. I mean, well, I guess that side A is a little bit more experimental, but, um, but yeah, um, I think, um, I think I just saw, um, I saw Tom who's designer wave. I saw him play at, um, the Limehouse town hall and that was, um, really incredible his set. And I, I think after that, I just wanted to, he was friends with mutual friends. So I got in touch with him and I think he did a radio show and then, you know ended up doing a release so kind of happened naturally through friends as well okay so it was like a you saw him and then afterwards it was getting touched that way yeah it I wasn't d- a run-up to him after the second well, oh, i've signed you for I my did, label <laughs> i did actually on the day i did go up to him and said that was amazing yeah but um but i'd seen him play years before and i um I, it was quite a different set when he played before but that was um I don't know if you ever went down there, but on Dalston Lane, there was like this house venue and um, he played, he played there. They had lots of good gigs and um, yeah, so he, I saw him play there once, which was more of a vocal set um, that he played with electronics. Um, So yeah, yeah, I've seen, I'd seen him before, but just didn't realize yeah that that was it and so and yeah he's uh, someone who's released on a fair few different labels as well yeah rush hour is no label as well he's done a few and um yeah he's done some recent releases as well and but um but yeah yeah his stuff's great it's quite varied as well yeah, and uh, quite a few of uh, the records that you put out are by artists that have releases on quite a few labels and quite a few in the same year i mean uh, we opened the show with Beatrice Dillon and I'm not sure we actually mentioned that. Um, but you know, her Karen Guire, who did that, you did that split with the two of them release a lot of records on a lot of other labels as well. So intrigued as to how that dynamic works, like why do they put it out on yours and not someone else's or put this release out with you and this release through someone else. I'm not entirely sure how that works. Yeah. I I don't really know either. I mean, I think, I guess there are some labels that have um, a lot of the same, like the artist will kind of be signed to the label and then they'll mostly release on that label. Um, Whereas I, I mean, it would be great to have um, the the same artist release again at some point maybe. Um, but, um, but I've had very different artists as well. So I think, um, I think it just depends. And, and, um, I, I didn't, because everything's planned so, so in advance with records, like you don't actually always know like what release is going to come out when, like in, you know, alongside your release, you don't really know what else they're doing sometimes and how it plans out with like, um, delays with the, the pressing plants and, um so so it's always you know it can be a bit of a surprise even if you try to plan um but um yeah so before i didn't really know how many releases like karen and beatrice were doing but um but yeah i just loved both of their work and thought they would be great together to do a release even though they're very different yeah i mean like i said it's the first release of yours that i heard was that beatrice dylan karen guire one i'd never i'd heard of beatrice dylan before she's also got a show on nts hasn't she and uh heard of some of her stuff elsewhere but i hadn't heard karen guire at all and she's 
just released an amazing new record as well yeah. uh, a double record on a don't, don't be afraid, be afraid. Yeah, yeah it was um which is phenomenal it's just quite interesting when uh, you know i use this shit and shine example again as someone who re- has released about four records this year on four different labels and i'm just in uh, as someone who doesn't run a label i'm interested into how those things work together like if you have any visibility at all on that or if it's just you and a artist working on one release in a silo but that artist working on another one somewhere else yeah i mean I'm not I, I think it's something that is is individual to the artist. Yeah. Um I kind of just get in touch with people and then if they want to do something that's great and then you know, but um but yeah, like I said, sometimes it's they'll be they'll have made the music um a year before, maybe even many years before, and yeah. then suddenly these releases just happen to line up. Um or they might just decide, Oh, I wanna have a really productive year and just put out loads and like tour loads and just really push it and you know. So uh, yeah, I'm not really sure. I guess it's because um, I, I don't really come from that side. But yeah. um but yeah. Yeah. What I love um about your label and what you talk how you talk about it is like you're an Uber fan almost in terms of just like I just love this artist, I want to release their music. Yeah, I think um well I think it's like you have to I, if you're going to invest so much time and energy into it, I guess yeah. you have to be really passionate about it, but um I think but just by doing the show as well, it, it's um it's that thing of like having a guest on the show and then wanting to like follow through and maybe do a release or just kind of build a community around the the radio show and NTS and your friends who do music, so yeah, and um, RKSS, which is the well, certainly the second release I heard of yours. It must have been the one after Beatrice Dill and Karen Guire. Yeah, that was after. Um, yeah, so I met Robin um, a few years ago, and she played um, an event that I put on. I put on a gig, and um, yeah, her live sets are amazing, and um, I was really happy to work with her. So great. Yeah, so we'll play. Um, which track is this? Uh, I think it's called Wave. Yeah, it looks like we've got yeah. <laughs> got Wave um, by RKSS from Cutoff. Is that the name of the yeah, EP? Yeah, that's the EP, yeah. Excellent. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
I just say that after everything, I just like use a great uh, uh, word just to say how much I enjoyed it. What I really love about that is you were talking earlier about sort of the sort of German synth music, and it reminds me of like Sam Spence and like Waterworld and those sorts of old, yeah, old German yeah, libraries. So many different kinds of like references and sounds coming through. Yeah, yeah but it's not yeah. someone I knew, know anything about either. Yeah, yeah, that track is my favorite of the record. And uh, where's where's she from, RKSS? Um, she's from um from I think she's British, but then lived in Berlin. I'm not actually so totally sure. Always the way, so <laughs> yeah. Grew up in Britain. I'm probably to totally Berlin. wrong, actually. So yeah. Well, it's weird. Yeah. Like um, you know, we talked a bit about cassettes and digital, and you know, sort of quite a lot of experimental, like techno, that sort of electronic music, musicians. It's something that appears in all parts of the world it's one of those genres that just seems to have spread in ways that you know the paradise bangkok interview i had uh, with chris he was talking about how like hundreds of years ago different trade routes took music from ethiopia to um, thailand to pakistan you know and all around the, the sort of indian ocean area and now with the internet there's a couple of different it's so much easier for things to spread around and you know genres like techno just seem to have expanded and they take their influences from all sorts of different places yeah, as well and i think i think techno is like such a broad genre as well that there are different niches within that that um, maybe certain scenes are really into and um there's like you know in each area there's always kind of like something going on so tribalism so. Like yeah, I only I listen to industrial. Yeah, it depends. <laughs> depends where it is, but yeah. Yeah, no, that's uh, it. Does sound very uh, Berlin esque, though, right? Yeah, yeah. So is that? Yeah, but you have a track. You said I do, I do. And uh, talking about sort of from all corners of the world, this one's from Australia. Uh, it's uh, from a woman called Elizabeth Dixon. Uh, she was someone I had. I can't even remember how this record came to me. You have those from time to time where it's just like I don't even know how. I don't think someone recommended it to me. I just found it online somehow, probably in like a band camp hole somewhere. Uh, but she releases her uh, Aussie label called Trait. And this is her first release. It's uh, called LP1, which is an imaginative title. Mm-hmm. Right, but uh, she does the techno I deem industrial. And yeah, this is the opening track from her album. It's called Limit Experience. Thank you. 
almost forgot that the track was ending because I was just mm-hmm. on a on a rant about how much I love independent record labels and why I do radio, this show. Yeah. That was it. I, yeah, I, I mean, I think I do it at every show, just um, more certainly off mic anyway, talking about how much I love independent music and independent labels and uh, labels, you know, like yours who do the music for the sake of the music and it's not about money or anything else. It is you... You know, you personally, like as an individual, are the one person behind Alien Jams, right? So it is, the label is your passion to put out music. And that's, as a fan of music and independent music specifically, that's what gets me excited. Yeah, it's especially rewarding when you work with people who um, maybe aren't that well known, but then you just feel like you really want to put it out there. So yeah. I think that's that's one of the main drives. I think is when you you have a good relationship with the people you work with, and you just really want to like help them as well. It's kind of like a mutual thing. Yeah, I mean, it must be a. It's. I mean, for your perspective, it's almost a fan you know, fan artist relationship in a lot of ways, just that you are going one step beyond and putting um, people's art out in a way that they would like it released into the world, right? It's, um, you know, it takes a... I think it's it's also like a collaborative thing I think because um like yeah definitely for sure and but I think also um it's working together so I really like going back and forth and discussing artwork and then you know it is a little bit tricky sometimes when it's more collaborative because um well because you might have disagreements you might have different aesthetics you might but um but it's nice because you feel like it's like a joint effort so yeah. it's not just you deciding the aesthetic and then doing it so how much is it you know a mix of the artist's art and the label's aesthetic or you know you want everything to work together as a whole but like how how do the two sort of compete com- competes not the right word how do they work together um you know i think like actually the artwork is it is fun but it's like that it is like the trickiest part sometimes i think mm. um and um sometimes it's just going through different ideas like so you know it depends on the artist they'll sometimes be times where i've gone through you know because i work with um uh, an artist to do the the artwork for the sleeves and um different artists each time usually um and sometimes we'll go through like so many different versions and and then finally decide on something that we both like so it's always something that we're both happy with but it does and then i'll have other artists who are like cool the first one so it just depends on the the release i think how particular a particular artist is yeah yeah and it's fair enough to be particular because it's like such an important thing for them i think so yeah and it's their name first and foremost on the release right it's them who are associated with like and that's also why i like having different artists for each release as well to make it individual so where do you find the artists that do the cover art then um so i sometimes it's through the musician so and then sometimes um it is through friends of mine who who have done quite a few different um things for me in the past be it um posters for gigs or um zines and things like that so i've worked with them before um my friend steven does a lot of artwork for me um and my friend syra has been amazing she's done um lots of stuff in the past um cliff who's my partner he does he does like 3d graphics which is like amazing and so he's done he did the wilted woman cover so yeah which will obviously look amazing once you pull it out of the box tomorrow yeah, fingers crossed yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it and um so how does that work then if you have a uh, beatrice dylan karen guire and yourself all like was that was that fine that artwork yeah, yeah, yeah like three no, different heads against yeah no it was um it was all good we were all really happy with 
with the end result and um yeah kind of you know just decided together so yeah Great, and um, this next record that we're going to play is Merrick. This is the one that I haven't heard. Yeah, this is the third release. Um, This is by Merrick, and um, this one is, um, he's also, his other artist name is Rejections, um, and he runs a label called Reject and Fade, which is actually how I found RKSS in the first place. I should have mentioned that to start with. Um, And um, yeah, this track is called Uko.
woozy. Yeah, um, that track, not that track, but there's another track that my friend Stephen did a, um, a video for, which is like amazing, which you should check out as well, which is um, like with this crazy like 3D animation. So. Okay, YouTube, just yeah. search for... Yeah. Um, Merrick... Um, can't remember the name of the track that's another one <laughs> of course it's uh, yeah. you know just to know what it sounds like put it out but merrick and uh, alien jams presumably yeah yeah so uh, do you do much uh, video for your releases or is it just um, when i i've done a few um i think i did there was one for om there was one for merrick um i don't know if i've done any other ones no because it's no, crazy when when you like press on vinyl the mastering of the record you know the artwork the artist then the vid cost of yeah. a video as well it's just crazy for a small label yeah yeah so i kind of yeah it's one of those things that you kind of think oh i should probably pay for someone for this so i don't want to ask someone to do it for free so yeah but it's um yeah. but do you have quite a good it sounded when you were talking about artists you use that you've got quite a good supporting cast of people that help yeah, with the label yeah definitely so that really helps yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's what you need as opposed to doing it all yourself yeah, I mean, I um, yeah, it's nice to to have other people to to help out when you need it, but um, but yeah, it's also nice to do it myself just because I like to kind of be able to decide. I think it's sometimes easier in a way because then you don't have to run it through different people as well if you kind of decide by yourself. I guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's one of those things about uh, delegating responsibility. But if you have a pure vision of what you want it yeah. to be, right? Yeah, I think. Um, if you found someone that you had the exact same like idea of what you wanted to do, it would be fine. But I haven't mm. really found that person to to help out with it, so I've just been doing it. So yeah, that yeah. was um, I think Trunk Records. I remember like Johnny Trunk who runs the label. He started it off with a couple of other people and just got so frustrated by other people not doing the thing that they were meant to do. He was just like, oh, you know what? I'll just do it all myself. Yeah, and that, and that it just was has it. to be the right situation. I think it works really well for some labels, but it just mm. has to be. It's just different, isn't it, for each, for each label? Well, yeah, and I mean, well, the, the different dynamics of people who come in to this studio, you know, there's a few labels that are like yourself, where it's one person, one person's vision, et cetera, and then a couple of others where they have multiple people doing it and they sort of there seems to be a split where people collaborate over releases and then other ones where they essentially just split the label in half almost where one person will release some records the other person will release others but it all comes oh, together as yeah. one label yeah but then because they're friends and trust each other's music taste it sort of works mm -hmm. together yeah, as a whole as sense. well I mean, it helps with the admin, right? Which yeah, yeah. I think not many people realise how much admin's involved in running yeah, a label. Exactly, yeah. So, um, we have one release that we have of yours that we haven't played, yeah, haven't we? Yeah. So we haven't um, played any No Checks tracks yet. So, um, this one is called Stick Shift, and it's um, on the release that came out um, early this year. And um, yeah, it's called um, what was the release called? don't know you would know <laughs> so <laughs> planet, bangs, label, planet right? bangs yeah that's it there's just can't remember everything <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
Nutex is a really interesting one because he is a he, isn't it? Yeah. Um, he released on Type the, yeah, he the did, year before. He did a really great release on Type, um, which is. I think I'd heard some others. He's done quite a few releases, so I'd heard some of his other releases, but also that type release was really, I really liked. Um, and, uh, yeah. And he's one of those classic people where you just, you don't really know why he's not bigger. Yeah, yeah, no. Not in size, but like in yeah. popularity, right? <laughs> yeah, no, he's amazing. He has like a very unique sound. I think, I mean, that, that track um, is great, but it didn't necessarily like show like everything that he can do because it's just yeah. his his work is amazing so um yeah and was that one of the, these ones again where you've listened to his stuff and it's just like just eat send an email out and be like i really want to yeah actually i i can't remember how he got in touch i think um i think it was on twitter like somehow there was some interaction and then um yeah, just I think he might have sent me some stuff, and then I think I asked him, "Oh, would you ever consider releasing this?" And that's sort of how it started. So, yeah. So, um, how what's your hit rate like on emailing people that you really want to put out? How many people? Do yeah, I email? yeah. No, no, well, how or many people? How many people go? Yeah, me. yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean. It's not, I think because I don't do releases that often, I don't yeah. email, I don't ask people that often. And, um, and then I kind of already have an idea for a while. So it's, um, so I think, yeah, it's, it's hard to kind of measure, but there are a lot of people who do send me demos and I do feel, feel like it's a shame because it would be nice for it to get out there. And, um, I'm not able to put out that much stuff because I do vinyl, but yeah, so um, it's uh well those are just things when you first decided i'm going to do a record label now did you just email a load of people that you thought i really want to put out their music no i just <laughs> <laughs> it very, i think you said that the very top of the show that you were quite naive with it it kind of sounds you're much more sensible than i would be yeah i don't know i mean i guess it's some some it just yeah i don't know for some reason i just contacted a couple of people but um but yeah um yeah no it kind of Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. All works out. And, you know, you don't hear back from some people. That's fine. But, but. And we're going to finish uh, the show with something from the new Wilted Woman record. Yeah. We played the lead track an hour yeah. ago now we're gonna play something else yes we're gonna play an, another track and this track is on soundcloud as well um and it's called lka so it's a little bit different from the other one but um yeah it's really good though cool let's hear it <laughs> Pepper, 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 pepper
Absolutely brilliant. I mean, I'd heard the uh, other track, the I've forgotten the name of it now. It's yeah. uh, Heating Problem, yeah. Yes, I'd heard that track before and uh, loved it and immediately pre ordered the record right there and then. And so I'm very excited to hear the rest of it. Yeah, well, that one's yeah. quite different as, as well, but they're both great. So, yeah, so um, out next week, aliengems.bandcamp.com is where we That's go. That's right. And is that where we, um, is that where I pick up all the records? So all, are they all available? Or is They're it? all available. Or oh well, I guess some of a couple have sold out. So the Design Wave and um, Karen Guare and Beatrice Dillon are, I think, they're both sold out. Mm. Um, but the other ones are on there. So, so wicked. Yeah. So well, thanks so much for coming down and yeah. getting through all the whole back catalogue of Alien Jams and sharing the story and everything else and being on the other side of the mic for once. Yeah, it was really nice. Like I, I think I was saying this before, but it's nice to just go through everything because you hear it so many times when you're, when you're doing, when you're putting out the release, but then you don't always, sometimes it's a little while, you know, since you've heard it, all the tracks. So it's mm. ni- it was nice to go through them today. Wicked. Well, thanks so much. Um, next on my favorite labels is in two weeks time i've got africa seven uh, rich from that label coming in they specialize in a lot of uh, afro disco and afro funk so it's going to be a little bit different to what we've been listening to today um, i'm going to close the show with uh, something from them it's a cameroonian uh, artist called pastor lappy uh, this came on one of their early compilations, but it's called Nareel Sekele Foyer. There's going to be loads of mispronunciations with that show, isn't there? Uh, but yeah, thanks so much for listening, and I'll be back in two weeks.